Welcome back to Kettle Editions. I'm Austin McElroy. I'm the master brewer of Cabin Boys Brewery. And today, I have a very special guest with me, Amber Hinkle, yeah. the executive director of our wonderful Craft Brewers Association of Oklahoma. Woo-hoo. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Man, you drove all the way up from Oklahoma City to be on this. No, so I thank didn't. you. Oh, you didn't? No, you know, I live here. You live in Tulsa? Okay, I well, now, I was. To be you fair, know. I live in Bixby, which is kind of like North Dallas. So it was yeah, quite so a drive you still, to get downtown. You still yeah. drove like drove 40 a, minutes. Yeah, four hours to get here for <laughs> yeah. sure. That did happen. It was a sure huge, happened. huge commitment. It was a very big sacrifice. But for you, I would do it. Right on. Gotcha. Well, thank you for coming on. Happy to do way. it. Thanks yeah. for having me. So if if you guys are listening, uh, everything about... Uh, Kettle Editions is going to be, you know, technical brewing uh, industry from the brewing side to business to, I guess, association uh, dealings and uh, stories when I'm by myself. So <laughs> you're what, welcome for being here. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this will be fun. So, OK. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on was because you have a full scope of what the industry looks like. You're fairly new. Yep. You're how long have you been in the executive? Uh, about nine months or so, I think. We're about okay. nine months in. So we about can we can basically say a year. We're getting close. Yeah. Getting close. You you you've you've been through the ringer already. Yeah, we've done the things. Yeah. Um, so okay. So describe what you do. In your seat on a like, let's call it a ten thousand foot level. Like, spend a couple minutes describing what you do on a daily basis, and uh, why we need an executive director for the Crappers Association. Well, high level, um, my job is basically to promote craft beer in the state. So, whatever it takes to get Oklahoma craft beer in the hands of consumers, that's basically my job. So from events to lobbying at the Capitol to working hand in hand with breweries to make sure they have what they need in order to do those things. That's what I do every day. Right on. So okay. That's so, pretty high level. You know, yeah. Gets a little deeper than that, but that's pretty much what we do. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that you have a lot of emails to go through. Yeah. I mean, there's some in there, you know, and it's just like, um, I shouldn't say this, but, you know, anytime you quote unquote own a small business, you... Everybody thinks it's this glorious, glamorous thing, right? And you're this head honcho, and you sit on a throne, and you do nothing but bark out orders, right? So you've seen what me yeah, go I mean, through, what ownership what, what looks like every day right? today. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> For so, the last two hours, I've been in negotiations on the phone, correct? Which was postponing our this, recording, which is fine. Listen, but that's the thing, right? But then I also know that there are days you take the trash out. And then there are also days where you are literal high level, like, hey, I'm the master brewer and here's my vision for what I'm seeing the next you know, year for whatever. This is sort of my job as well. There are days where I get to be the strategist and look down the road and where do we want to be in five years and 10 years and how do we get there? And then there are days where you go down a rabbit hole of how do I change this on the website and what social media do we need out there the next two weeks? And so it's kind of the same there too, but yeah. um, all of it's important, obviously, right? All of it's important. Um, every single every single knob that you turn yep. has an effect it on does. the future. It does. It does. And it's fun. And then you just got to find the joy in all of it at some level and That's right. laugh when you can't and move along to the next day. So. And at the end of the day, sometimes you get to have a beer. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah it's a, it is definitely the best perk of the job. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, 
when you're looking for the future, let's mm -hmm. specifically talk about 2024. Your vision for the CBAO, which is Craft Brewers Association of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you hear a brewer talk about or use that acronym, it is a group of breweries. How, how many do we have in membership now? Oh, gosh. I think we're at 67-ish, somewhere in okay, there Okay, so right we'll, we'll round year. up to so 70 because we'll, we'll, we'll probably yeah. get three more this year. I feel like certainly will. Yeah, of course. Um so it's a group of, uh, of brewers that want to collaborate together to make the brewery industry in the state of Oklahoma stronger, healthier, and uh, more successful. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I think in Oklahoma, we don't realize how how new the brewery industry really is. You know, it's been around, what, 14, 15 years now? Yep. Of Marshalls and Coop and those guys and, it's and Chalk. True. So, you know, they've been around a minute. Um, and, but it's relatively new. If you look at the, the craft brewery industry around the country, we're still in our infancy stages. And so, um, and we also have um, the pleasure of having some of the best craft beer drinkers in the country, but we also are in a very conservative state, which makes things a little bit more difficult uh, to get things done on a business level. So it's important that these breweries and our allied members band together and make sure that we are continuing to promote these brewery-friendly laws at the Capitol so that we can continue to do what you do every single day. Yeah. So what was the, you got thrown into kind of a little bit of a fire of uh, going into the industry um, and coming in in the middle of a year. Yep. So what was the what was the number one thing? Let's let's say legal wise that was on your plate and came to fruition this year because it's a pretty intricate world. It really is, um, and I can take zero credit for this because it was pretty much all in the works when I came on board in March. Um, and that was right smack in the middle of session at the Capitol. Um, luckily for us, we have an amazing lobbyist. He is at the Capitol every single day that we are in session, which makes things immensely easier for us. He's really good at what he does. Um, but I came on board and kind of just got thrown into, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're trying to get this done. And we're going to have to partner with the restaurant association on this. And, and I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a lot for me to do at that point, right? Except for just sure. kind of sit back and then answer questions and see what I could do to help. Um, and so that's how we ended up passing um, House Bill 1715 last session. Okay. Um, and I keep calling it the smorgasbord of alcohol rules. And so uh, we were able to bring buckets of beer back, for those of you who love that at a restaurant, um, and uh, allow our breweries now host their own events. I don't know if people know this, but in the past, breweries could not host their own event. They had to partner with a nonprofit of some kind. So that's, um, and they will still continue to do that, obviously. But yeah. now if um, they don't have to, if they don't want to, they get four of the non, of their we own. We get either. four. Yep. They gave us four. You get four. To throw events. Uh -huh. Only four. That only we can four. host, uh, host off-site. Off-site, right. Right. So, um, which could sometimes just mean your parking lot, depending on how your premise is you know, set up. True, true. So, um, but at that moment, you know, the one thing I love about the brewery industry, especially here in Oklahoma and really across the country, is that 
their biggest heart is for their community. And so, you know, there's a lot of donations made. There's a lot of pouring that happens. I think people kind of take for granted a little bit sometimes because we just don't know any better. Um, and so having to then give another portion of that proceeds to a nonprofit just because sometimes to me seems like double dipping. So now if a brewery decides, hey, listen, my very favorite, you know, nonprofit in the world is this animal shelter and I really want to give back. That's your choice and we love for you to have to do that, right? But it's nice to have for a year now where you don't have to if you don't want to. And you can put a little bit of that money back in your pocket. Being a small business, that's super important right now. Yeah. Lo and behold, we're trying to be for profit it's crazy. as a brewery. I mean, right? Who would yeah. guess? <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not, you know, a yeah. nonprofit business. But, you know, that's that's kind of how the world turns around. It does, you know, and um, because, you know, the industry here in the state is in its infancy stages, we do a lot of things like um, beer festivals where, you know, you're out there pouring that beer for little or no money whatsoever and nonprofits that are calling you left, right and center to say, hey, listen, we'd really love for you to donate X number of cans or would you come pour at this event? We have this really worthy cause. And of course they all do, right? But I think people forget that, you're just a small business, you know, you're just, just a local business and they're asking you for free product all the time, which again, it's what I love about the industry. They're so here for their community and they say yes all the time. Just want people to remember that literally yeah. taking money out of their pocket every time you do it. So just <laughs> yeah. careful what you ask for. It's great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I will drink it. It's great, but that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm there, I'm here for it, but yeah. So yeah. it's fun. It's an interesting situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, the alcohol industry is so complex and so, nitty gritty and all of the fine details, um, which is great to have a group like the Craft Brewers Association to filter some of those questions. And what has your, been your experience in the last year, you know, navigating all of these random conversations and questions and opinions? Uh, and I'm not trying to put you in a hot seat no, or anything like that. You've done a it's, fabulous job. Thank you. It's a, it is complex. And I find myself questioning my own self sometimes when someone asks a question. I'm like, I know the answer to this. Why am I now second guessing myself? The great thing is, is that I have a very good relationship um, with the people at, at the ABLE Commission. So if there is a question and I'm questioning myself or I'm not really sure, I will just pick up the phone or shoot an email and just say, hey, listen, I've had a question. Um, there is a brewery who wants to know the answer to this and I want to make sure I'm giving them the right information. And explain to the listeners who don't know what the ABLE Commission is, what what is the ABLE Commission? So um, in my opinion, to be honest with you, personal opinion, I the ABLE Commission is actually a very warranted department in the state. Uh, they basically regulate uh, alcohol sales um, across the state and they are given a set of laws and they have to interpret those laws in the best way they know how. But as a person who has teenage daughters, you know, it's their job to make sure my girls aren't out there drinking when they're not supposed to, right. and they're keeping people from drinking and driving and overindulging. And so and in that instance, I think they're great. And so there's a set of laws that they have been tasked with enforcing. And so that's their job is to come in and make sure those laws are being enforced. So. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> we all sometimes with any law, you know, we all have our own interpretation of what we think that means. And sometimes it's not the same as... <laughs> How it's being interpreted, but sure. I'm going to tell on your employees real fast because You're this good. is such a cute, it was so cute. I was sitting at the bar waiting on you today and um, uh, you have one bartender training a brand new bartender and doing a great job, by the way, super great job. And the newest bartender says, so we're not allowed to sample the beers. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, well, technically you can, <laughs> but it depends on where you are. I said, so we had a long discussion about what was legal and what was not, where it was legal, where it was not, 
um, and kind of the nuances. And she goes, I'm so glad you were sitting here today. And I said, I'm so sorry to have jumped in on your conversation. But I said, I have literally answered this email probably 10 times in the last two weeks. You know, how can we do this? How do we, how do we train our employees? How do we make sure we do it the right way? Um, I feel like the great thing about our industry and actually uh, the powers that be at Able have said the same thing. The craft brewery industry is so precise about following the rules and so conscientious about wanting to do it the right way. They understand the impacts on the community, both good and bad. And so they want to be the people who can do it the right way. And so they actually most of the time are overdoing it. Right. So, yeah, I just I just it was funny because she was having that conversation. I was like, I have literally answered this question 10 times in the last five days. So let's have this conversation. And that's fine that you uh, or corrected them. Uh, but in our uh, in our brewery in our in our space, we have a lot of overcross. That is exactly within, what I told her within the brew pub. Yep. And here, yes, I said you so, can't do that at the brew pub. I was yeah. like, no, and I said, and to be honest with you, I said your company policy trumps everything. And I said, and my yep. guess is there is company policy that steps in and says when you are allowed to taste and when you are not. And I said, and that comes first. And we advise that with all of our breweries is that, listen, regardless of what the law says, you want to protect yourself and your employees. And so by not allowing that while they're on the clock, right, obviously, then that makes a lot more sense. I said, this is how the law reads, but you have to, you know, you have to listen to your bosses first. I said, so look at company policy first. And so it was yep. a very interesting conversation, but it's fun to listen to people who are like, no, 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 no. I was like, eh, eh. You can, but it's not advised. So here's how it goes, right? Right. So anyway, yeah, they were fantastic. So going on a little bit more fun uh, subject, you obviously were not coming from the brewing world. Nope. Into the into mm -hmm. the seat. Mm -hmm. What brought you into and intrigued you to take uh, your your role now of the Craft Brewers Association? I've spent the last. 20 years in the event industry. Um, I've run the Tulsa State Fair. I ran Oktoberfest here in Tulsa. A slew of events out in Broken Arrow for the Chamber. That's um, kind of my passion. I do love events. But my hobby with my husband was craft beer. I mean, we have a group of friends. We will spend weekends just, you know, trotting around the city and trying to find a new beer and whatever. And that's just what we do. We've got a group actually who's going this weekend to Kansas city and we've already got a list of breweries lined up that we're going to go see when we're there. And, Heck yeah. um, and so it was a passion of mine just on a personal level anyway. So I had a friend text me about this position. I didn't know it was open. And I was like, well, I'm not really looking for a job. And she kind of told me about it. I was like, well, maybe I'm looking for a job. <laughs> so um, it was great. Um, and so it allows me to really kind of combine my two biggest passions, which are obviously craft beer here in the state. And then, um, and then events, which obviously we have to have in order to promote kind of what we're doing and getting people out there, have a little fun, try a couple of beers, see if they like something different. So it's been great. Um, in running events, I had to know a lot about ABLE and how that works within the state. I've learned a lot since I've come on to on the other side of things, which has been very eye-opening. Um, but having that background has really helped. And having a passion cool. for it has been really fun. Getting to go in and just meet people on the backside of the brewery industry and talk about what their troubles have been and how do we fix those. That's been so fascinating to me. And I'm so excited to kind of hit that head on in 2024. So what's what's been your... Uh more most eye-opening learning point for the let's call it the brewing industry specifically oh, gosh that's a tough one um to be fair i think honestly the biggest learning curve was as much as i thought i knew about the laws and how they worked there were so many more i didn't know about that sure. happened on the back end um, I knew a lot about the event side of things and how that works and what I needed and what needed to happen. But on the back end and what breweries are allowed and not allowed to do, as opposed to what, 
you know, a bar is allowed and not allowed to do and what a liquor store can do and not do. There's there's a thousand million different rules and it's so different. And then the consequences, if those rules are broken, are just astounding. And I and not necessarily in a bad way, just you hear people. I, I read a Facebook thread the other day and someone was given a restaurant owner a hard time because he was upset about all the fake IDs that were coming through his door. And they're like, oh man, it's just a fake ID. You know, this is kids just trying to have fun. You know, and two years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, it's just some kid just trying to have fun, whatever. Well, then you stop and you think about this small business and all this person has put into to making this business successful and work and pay their bills and pay their taxes to our community. And we're willing to put on the line for a $20,000 fine for a fake ID, right? And so I was like, guys, I don't think you understand what you're asking him to do right now. Like, yeah. you, I just... People just don't know. They just don't know. Right. And so um, the ramifications are large, huge. They're huge. And so um, and for a small business, it's just it's so much. And so um, that side of it has just been incredibly eye opening. And it really gives you a different perspective on on why people react the way they do to certain things. Sure. So, mm -hmm. OK, so on that note, uh, I know the legal side is probably the more complicated portion of owning a brewery, owning any kind of alcohol uh, serving industry. Mm -hmm. um, what, so, you know, for listeners out there, uh, let's say they're brewery owners or this, that, and the other in the state of Oklahoma or brewers or servers, what would be the number one law that you would harp on that they should pay attention to that people maybe maybe don't know about or don't know how to navigate correctly? Gosh, there's a couple. I, and this and is, you can say two. Yeah, that's, sure. That's no, fine. I would say this. It, in recent weeks, we've had some things come up. You know, we've seen some emails come through. Um, there's, there's a couple of different factions out there right now. I'm going to say factions for lack of a better word, really. So you've got the ABLE Commission out there doing what they need to do, enforcing their laws or whatever. And there's a whole separate set of um, law enforcement out there. There is a program called Too Much to Lose that has been developed by the State Department of Health, basically to curb underage drinking and um, selling of underage or, or selling of alcohol to underage uh, people. And so which on the surface and really in detail is great, right? It's great. Again, I'm the mom of teenage kids. Prefer that just not be handed to my child anytime she wants it, right? So right. Um, it's great. The difference is if Abel comes into your brewery and finds you, uh, finds you in violation and they give you a fine, your company receives that fine. And so you as a, a company owner, business owner, have to decide how you handle that fine, right? And, and what would deem you in violation? They've got a lot. There's plenty. Yeah. Um, what would be the um, top two? Ugh, underage, I'm sure, serving somebody underage. Um, and then, you know, are you, um, do you have the right, are your licenses up to date? Do you have what they need? Um, there's several. But the flip side of that is that Too Much to Lose um, program with the State Department of Health, which again is a great program. They have partnered with the Tulsa County and Oklahoma County Sheriff's Department, and those guys will come in um, in plain clothes. And if they, um, they, and they'll bring somebody underage in with them with a fake ID. And if your beer tender um, checks an ID and just happens to do the math wrong or is in a super hurry because you're crowded and a lot of people going on and they just don't get it right and they serve underage, that fine then goes to that particular employee, not to your company. And so 
you know, it's super hard as a small business owner. I think anyone with a small business right now would agree that, you know, your employees are your greatest asset and keeping them and retaining them and keeping them, you know, up to date on things is the hardest part of that job. So getting an employee who has a fine now of $1,000 and a possible misdemeanor, you know, levied against them is really difficult. So um, keeping them trained, I think, is just it's just a nonstop um action you have to take. And do they get warnings hard. at all? No. So it's it's mm-hmm. like a it, it's not like a speeding ticket. It no. is you 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 we don't have, not have seen, the chance for a warning. We have not seen any warnings yet. I'm not saying they're not giving them, but we have not heard of any yet. So right. yeah. Uh no. And so again, they have a job to do and they are law enforcement. They see very much in black and white, you know. And and, and in the end they probably see a, a beer tender who's just overwhelmed and swamped and just mismaths I could do that right now without being busy you know right. and um so yeah so it's it's really hard um there's a lot going on right now for those guys you know yeah. and there's goods and bads you can see both sides of it but you know as a business owner and a brewery owner it's just one more thing to add to your list to like make sure this is in compliance so sure mm-hmm. and you know for the most part I would say the I would say anybody trying to serve alcohol to the public is trying to be by the rules. 100%. One, and, and again, I'll go back to what the ABLE Commission has said to me. They applaud the brewery industry because they far and above try really hard, right? Because again, when you're a small business, same with liquor store owners, small businesses, right? And so that's their livelihood. And so right. they know they're not making money on an 18-year-old. That kid's, you know. Yeah. They don't have the disposable income to really help them stay open, right? <laughs> it's so not it's gonna not, be a repeat customer. Right, it's not in their best interest, right? So that that one sale isn't gonna help them. So they're not trying to do that either. And I would say the same is probably for most bars and restaurants as well. So Yeah. It's just, you know, we're we are not somebody who the Able Commission is really concerned about in that in that vein, which is great. And that says a lot about again, goes back to how much that breweries care about their communities too, right? I mean, yeah. they're all parents and, and aunts and uncles and, and they've seen it. And so they want to make sure that everybody is safe in that instance. Yeah. Um, this is a super fun and it's not supposed to be this uh, scary industry to run. Right. Uh, and what what has been, uh, you, you obviously said that, you know, meeting all of the people on the back end and this, that, and the other, what has been the most joyful part in, uh, of coming into the brewing industry and that part of learning, you know, outside of legal, right. let, let's steer away from legal, what has been the coolest thing that you have noticed that you didn't know before, you know, you were uh, outsider looking in and may have, you know, when you go on trips or whatever, pointed out to go to craft breweries. But what was the thing that you have seen as something so wildly different that you didn't know before and now that you do? I don't know if it's wildly different. Um, you know, it's it's been really fun for me to go from, okay, this is the way I'm going to put it. So, like, I, I feel like I've gone from being, like, fangirl, like, total fangirl for craft beer. I've been this way for years and years and years. Um, love craft beer, love going in, love getting, I got to know, you know, a couple of beer tenders here and there at different breweries we would, you know, frequent and whatever. And then when I got this job, I was like, man, I just don't want to be like the fake girl, right? I want them to know, like, I really do love beer. It's like literally something we enjoy so much. Um, if you saw my beer fridge at home, I actually think I said that in my interview. I was like, if you saw my beer fridge, you would hire me right now. Um, but it was, it's, it was interesting to me because I, 
I deeply wanted the brewery to know that like, I really do care about what they need and they want because I'm a customer too. And I want you to stay around because I really enjoy your beer, right? So it kind of works for me on both ends. But um, I will say the best thing that's happened is just, it didn't surprise me, but I was happy to see it just how quickly I was kind of welcomed into the fold and um, how quickly people were willing to just say, hey, listen, this is a problem I need some help with. What do you think about this? And I was like, whoa, I don't actually know the answer to that question. Let me see what I can find out for you, right? Um, and I've always said that. I may not know right away, but I promise you I'll find out what I can. Um, and so it's, I don't, after the, talking the, to other. You just glanced over, we're, yeah. we're actually sitting in our brewery right yeah. now as she's answering this question. And I don't think that the microphones are catching up on, uh, on what's turning on in the background, but um, that's our boiler okay. that creates steam so that our hot water can become hot and that our boil kettle can actually boil. Please make some beer. Feel like that sounds we're, great. We're, we're not making beer right now, yeah, but, but we're, we're keeping our water hot. It needs to be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, of course. So anyway, but I will say this. I just, um, nothing, it didn't surprise me that people were so welcoming, really. It was a hope I had, right? But it has been great. It has been really great. I've tried hard to kind of get out and see everybody and get to meet people. I haven't gotten there yet. 2024, plan to finish that off. I had high hopes sure. for doing a world tour in the summer last summer, and I just didn't, didn't, didn't pan out. But I was actually thinking about that when uh, Lisa and I actually visited about your job, because uh -huh. I was kind of scared for you. We have almost 80 breweries in the state. Yep. And uh, Lisa and I made it down to Mountain Fork and Broken Bow yeah. for the first time since they've opened yeah. last weekend. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know. I keep and telling this I guy. I was driving away and I was like, oh my gosh, Amber would have to go to the ends of the earth every single, like there's 80 of us. Yeah. And when you're visiting, you're probably going to want to spend at least two to three hours in each place we're trying yeah. yeah so again the good news is my husband loves it too so we can always make weekend trips of it yeah. but i was i was joking with um the board the other day because i was like yeah i've gotten to bunch and then where i can't get down to visit them i try to get to a festival that they're at so i can at least come see them at a festival i've done that with yeah. kokendorfer in some places but yeah i mean honest to god i've been looking for an excuse to go down um to see mountain fork and beavers bed and down to lost street in durant and I mean, I, Rising Eagle just opened. They've got a great brew pub out there, too. And I'm like, man. So I was trying to find the, like, route. And I was like, ooh, that is not a day trip. We're going to have to figure that out. So, yeah, it's but, not I, a day trip. It's not a day trip. But then I was like, ooh, but, like, a couple of, like, days of staycation for brewery sounds fun. <laughs> so yeah. So that happens. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's on my list for 2024, for sure, is to get right to on. some of our guys who, who are doing a fantastic job, but are maybe just not in the, like, main vein of Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I can tell you, they're busy. Thank God. There was a lot of Dallas, Texas people down there. Good. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we were we were taking taking the Texas money and Texas yes. taxes uh, all day long. <laughs> oh yeah, it was all great. <laughs> I was I was clapping to their success. It That's was great. fantastic. Yeah. No. There's and like I said, there's several that we've got to get to, but um, try to get to Enid as much as possible. Luckily for Enid or unlucky, I don't know which. They're on my way to see some family out in Western Oklahoma, so yeah. I get to see those guys a little bit. But so for. It, you know, for me and for all the other brewery owners uh, or people interested in the brewing world, there are so many things to be kept informed of. In your opinion, 
how how would someone like myself that owns a brewery uh, really stay informed and in touch with the CBAO and know how to navigate all of these things and really get accomplished what we want to get accomplished in this industry and ease our passing of running a brewery? Well, first of all, I'll tell you, and you know this, I don't think there's anything easy about running a brewery, but there's, um, not. there's not because just about the time you think you have it down, something changes. This is how this works. It changes every single day. Yep. Which uh, is, by I the think, hour. Right. For <laughs> those of us ADD people, this is great. Right. But well, yeah. what I will say is that that's what the CBAO is really great about is that it is literally my job to make sure that we stay on top of all the new laws. We know exactly how they should be interpreted. And when we don't know, we have the people we can call and we can talk to. Right. Um, and so, and it happens every day. And it's one of the main things that it was my top priority when I came on in this position was, Hey, I am a resource for you. Call me, text me, email me, whatever is easiest for you. Let me know what you need. I will find out for you. If I don't know right away, I will find out. It's literally my job. So it is, I I would say this, you guys in the brewery industry are so immersed in how do I make the next greatest beer? How do I keep the lights on? How do I get more people here, right? You have so many things to worry about and you 1000% need to know the laws and you need to know the rules. But at some level, it's almost impossible to keep up on a daily basis because they do change so quickly. So it is literally our job as an organization to make sure that we have what you need. So when you question it or you're concerned about something, your first call should be to us. And we are the ones who should be there to make sure you have the absolute utmost authority on what it is you're dealing with in that moment. And so not not even on the legal side of things, but do you have contacts for brewers that are looking for different kind of raw material or hops or connections in that world? Do Mm -hmm. we... Do we have those connections with CBAO? We do. Um, You know, a lot of that is through our allied members. Uh, I've worked hard in the last nine months to bring on, not that we didn't already have them because we absolutely did, uh, to bring on additional allied members who will come on and offer discounts for what it is they have to sell to people who are members only. Um, And then outside of that, we have a whole network through the Brewers Association, the National Association, that we can connect you with should you need something that we don't have but they do. So um, absolutely we are kind of that lifeline to all of those things that you may need throughout your business world. And it might not be even brewery related necessarily. Maybe you, you know what the next greatest POS system is, or you need to know, like, can I use a restaurant supply company to bring in what I need for the bathrooms in the brewery or whatever, you know? So we're working through all of that with you guys too. Just all the basics. Cool. So you, you your, I guess you'll probably say your contact at the end of this podcast, but are you the best source to get, into those connections? I would say so, yeah. I mean, really, I'm the only one at the CBAO. Sure. So that's I guess me. there's the board. Yes. But and, and they're again, probably not. The board is fantastic, and they know way more than I do on most things because they've been in it and they've dealt with it firsthand, right? But they're also brewery owners, all of them, or at least high up in the brewery that they're at. And so um, they're busy, too. I would say that your first um, line would be me. And if I don't know, I will make sure I find somebody who does. Cool. So. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, what what would be the topic or the thing that you're most in tuned with with going into 2024? And what would your goals be for the industry and how you're going to navigate that and what kind of help you need uh, from us as brewery owners? 
So I kind of talked about this a little bit at our annual meeting in December. Um, you know, you start an association because you've got a group of people who kind of are like-minded and there's there's a there's a kind of a common goal we're trying to get to. We're trying to stay alive right now, right? What laws do we need passed? What do we need to have fixed? How can we band together and, and find a great, you know, source for this, that, or the other? Um, and that's kind of how it started. And then we've had a couple of executive directors come in and put in some great processes and procedures and do a really good job kind of setting us up, making us professional, getting us where we need to be. And now we're in that phase of development as an organization where partnerships are going to be instrumental in moving us forward. And so you mentioned a little bit a minute ago about, you know, are we partnered with allied members who can help us with, you know, finding products and services that we might need? Yes, we're doing that. We're also working um, very closely right now with Oklahoma State on two different levels, both with their um, hospitality and tourism management program. Um, they've got a bunch of would be potential future brewers on hand over there that we'd oh, like cool. to start getting fed into the, you know, the back end of our industry to keep that moving at that youth and that, that young blood in here. Right? It is hard to hire a brewer in the state of Oklahoma. It is. And so I actually met with them a couple of weeks ago. We're working on internship, internship programs with them, trying to oh, get cool. their guys out here and working with us, uh, helping them with some of the things they're doing with craft beer forum. And then I had a separate meeting with the department of ag at Oklahoma state. They are, um, right now trying to create a hop variety that we can uh, grow down here in the South. They're working with, with several other states. So uh, we're working with them on the um, research and development side there as well, so that we can hopefully at some point um, have product that costs us less because it's developed closer to home than Washington and Oregon. I learned the other day that 95% of the hops grown in the country are in Washington and Oregon. Yep. 95%. Yep. a lot of hops up there. Yeah. So have you ever been able to yeah, get up there? I have. I was for the wine industry when I was there. But yeah, I mean, it's we went through some different farms and I was like, it's insane. And yeah. it's great, but it's a long way away. So if you can cut shipping costs, you know. So we're looking at some of that. They're also looking at working hand in hand with brewers on how can they develop um, a new variety of hops. It might be something that we have specifically down here in the south. So that would be kind of cool, too. Uh, and again, partnering with the... Um, liquor store association, making sure that we have um, what they need so they can continue to give us additional shelf space to get our products sold. So lots of partnerships um, that will move us forward as an industry. So just trying to make sure that we are continually looking down the road and setting ourselves up for the success that we need. Cool. Mm -hmm. Right on. Um, so from, from your aspect of all of that, um, so, well, before I ask that question, so if, if a, to reiterate, if, if you're a brewer that doesn't know, like, Hey, cause when I started our brewery, one of my initial questions was how was I going to start a relationship with a malt provider? Right. Would you be someone that yep. could set, mm -hmm. set people up and answer yep. that question? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and again, it just goes back to you join an association for what that it's for what that association can give you for the most part, right? And so what you're getting can be tangible and it can not be tangible at the same time. But for the most part, the CBAO, in my opinion, should be a resource. And so you can call me and say, hey, listen, I need a malt provider. I'm like, great. Here are some allied members we have who are malt providers. See if those work for you. If those don't, we'll look at what's you know outside the association. But for the most part, we feel like we can provide some really great um, options in that situation and, and others as well. But um, 
yeah, it's absolutely my job to make sure that you have, I mean, if you just need a guy who can make you new hats and logoed shirts, we've got that too, right? Like, so we have all of those things um, available and it is just a matter of you either checking out our website and seeing them on the website or giving me a call and saying, hey, listen, Amber, I've been using so-and-so for shirts for so long, but it's just not working out anymore. Do you know somebody who's better? Sure. Let's talk to these two guys. So, yeah. See what works better Even, for you. I'm cheating a little bit, but uh, from my own knowledge, but even down to the nitty gritty of knowing what insurance provider. Yep. Uh for your business insurance. Yeah, which is not that easy to do in the brewery industry. So no, it's not. <laughs> it's not that easy to do. <laughs> so yeah, um, we've been able to partner with, you know, and um, not to like, you know, advertise our own things, but you know, our summit's coming up at the end of the month. And, advertise uh, away. Listen, January 27th, we've got summit coming up, got a majority of our breweries on board already, but ready to get the rest of them. But, you know, um, we're bringing in Matt Tipton from YHR to talk about, Hey, listen, you own a small business. What you don't know could cost you. And so he's going to talk about, you know, common mistakes made by small businesses. He literally specializes in small businesses. And it's exactly what our guys need to hear right now. And he's got all the resources needed there to um, really help push people in the right direction. And talk about the summit, because this podcast is going to come out um, a week from when we're talking right now. Okay, great. Um, So the summit. The, the summit is such a great moment when brewers and brewery owners or industry people can come together. Yep. All under one roof. Yep. Um, explain why that is such a powerhouse of a moment that we can create as an industry as a day to where we make ourselves stronger. So, you know, I talked earlier about the strong sense of community in our industry but that starts with each other. You know, in a sense, everybody's kind of a competitor, but for the most part, when one brewery succeeds, they all succeed. And I think that mentality is really strong amongst Oklahoma brewers. And it is proven day in and day out. I've seen it over and over again. You know, a brewery owner from Oklahoma City calls somebody in Tulsa and says, hey, I've been dealing with this. Have you dealt with this? How did you do it? How did you fix it? What's going on? And they will have conversations, you know, long, hard conversations about, well, this worked for us. I don't know if it'll work for you, but you could try it. Everybody's there to help everybody out for the most part. Um, and we see it all the time. So putting everybody together in one building for a full day of continuing education, um, allowing some trade show vendors to come in and kind of talk about things that you may or may not know were available um, from insurance to, you know, grain to glassware, lots and lots of stuff out there. Um, it really, it was really great because we're all moving so fast every single day it's hard to stop and really think about, okay, I'm, I'm figuring out what's today and tomorrow and maybe next week, but I really need to be thinking about what's next year, what's next five years. And a day like that really allows you to slow down just long enough to be like, okay, this is where I want to be. This is what I need to do. Here's a new idea. Right. Maybe we go back and talk about this. It may not happen tomorrow or the next day, but it gives you that, that spark you need to really be like, okay, I can work towards this at some point. And so, um, it's really good for our breweries to slow down just for one day, just one day each year. Yep. Um, but it is really exciting for me to see people get excited about all the uh, continuing education that people do every year just to make themselves bigger and better for their customers. Yeah. Uh, I love it too, because uh, it gives me an opportunity to bounce ideas and really get reconnected to mm-hmm. 
everyone that I love to see in the first place. Right. And you're so busy every day that you don't necessarily have time to go visit the friends you love in Oklahoma City or even, you know, Muskogee or Tahlequah. Right. And it's not that far yeah. away. So um, it's it's really great. It's neat for me to watch. It's like Mama Bear, right? I get to kind of yeah. sit back and watch everybody and, um, and and see those relationships and that networking happen. It's it's going to be a good day. I'm excited. Where Where is it going to be? So we're in Oklahoma City this year. We usually bounce back and forth between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. So 2024 is Oklahoma City. We're going to be at the zoo. Sweet. Where else do we put a bunch of animals but in the zoo? So it'll be great. <laughs> I'm so excited. They've got a whole educational building where we're going to be being educational. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a full day. We'll have happy hour the night before and... What uh, what speeches right. or or speeches uh, seminars uh, should people be looking out for and really getting excited about? So I specifically scheduled our um, general session number one. The very first one is uh, Robot House, who is a marketing agency out of Oklahoma City. They they um, specialize in brewery advertising. They've got a couple of our member breweries. Um, on their portfolio right now, but they're super creative and super fun. They're basically going to teach you how your brain is a superhero. So I'm really excited to see what they have to say that day, kind of get us started off in the right way. And then, you know, and then just to bring us right back down to speed, we're going to talk about all the legislative issues in 2023. So everybody's got yep. a square on those. We'll bring an attorney in and our lobbyist and of course a representative from ABLE to make sure we have all the right information. So there's that. And then we'll have breakout sessions, everything from, how to decide which events you go to and which ones you say no to. And how do you say no to those? That's the hardest thing for us to do as an industry, I think, is say no. And so, um, and we need to be doing some of that yep. to fight some of that burnout. So there's that. We've I talked about the HR situations. We'll have a sales discussion. We'll have a distribution discussion. There's a lot. We'll have all that sent out. So. Right on. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, any, um, I don't, let's see where we are on time. Oh, yeah, we're doing really good. Um it helps when I talk really fast. I'm very good at that. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. no we're 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 doing just fine and dandy. Um, the fun thing for me is being able to. So Lisa is on the board this mm -hmm. year and maybe next year. I'm not quite sure, which is really cool to hear the backstories of all these conversations and whatnot. I get to oh, just yeah. be like, Woo, I'm in the background. I don't have to do anything do and watch it yeah. <laughs> and watch her. Uh, uh, navigate all the things. Um, it, but what, uh, what is the board working on, um, for the next few months, uh, pinpoint and really trying to, uh, excel in this industry and push us forward? What's, what's their number one goal? So to be completely clear about all of this and this is going to sound very cliche and a little bit not very fun because everyone wants to hear the drama and the tea right but um, oh, i'm not spent, looking for drama right, i'm no, just no, looking for what i'm, I'm looking is, for like the board hey what, what should much, people be excited about yeah as i said the board and i are very much on the same page we had a full day uh, board retreat back in december where we kind of uh scoped out and decided what we wanted to see in 2024 what we were keeping what we we're getting rid of what are we bringing back um and our goal for 2024 was we strategize different ways to bring people back into the tap rooms, right? Uh, of course, we'll still have our two major events. We'll still have Dodger uh, Brewers Fest at Dodger Stadium in April. Uh, we're bringing back Wagon Wheels in Tulsa. We're really excited about that. And those will be our two main focused events. Um, aside from that, we're bringing back Pint Day. We're just going to not do it at the same time of year we've done in the past, try to bring people into tap rooms um, on a day when they wouldn't normally have a ton of people in the tap room. And just really focus on different ways 
we can um, get bodies and seats, for lack of a better word. So um, we know that's what our breweries need. Um, we want to see it. And so uh, we've worked really hard and we feel like the partnerships we're developing right now will also help with some of that as well. So what do you think that entails other than pint days and this, that and the other? Well, um, we are working on, we actually added some new membership benefits this year, which is kind of cool. Cool. Um, and they haven't all been posted just yet. We're working on getting those together, but things like um, events in a box. So if you're a member of the CBAO, you will have access to basically a game plan for how to host specific events. So little easy events you can host at your tap room that will bring people to you. So like, for example, a yappy hour. So if you're a dog-friendly brewery, which I think all of ours are, um, here, here are the nuts and bolts for how you put together a successful yappy hour and let people bring their dogs in. Here's what you can offer that doesn't cost you much money, but it's something to get excited about and have people like, oh, me and my friends, we're bringing our dogs, we're going to have a beer at Cabin Boys and, you know, whatever. So different Sweet. little smaller events like that. Sometimes people want to do things like that and they just... It seems simple until they get into it and they're like, oh man, I just don't have the time to figure this all out, right? But having that kind of blueprint for that event ready to go um, makes it much easier for people. So down to, you know, the timeline for how you promote it on social media, when you should do it, how you do it. So those will all be available here in the next month or so. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being Thanks for on. having me. Like yeah. I've said a lot of words today, so, yeah. you know. No, this is super great. And I hope uh, that you guys uh, listening in have learned something and what a great resource uh, Amber is at CBAO, um, especially if you're in the industry. And if you're not in the industry, how do you get involved? So the great thing is um, we've just brought back our enthusiast membership, which is super great. So you don't have to be a member of or, uh, you know, an employee or uh, own a brewery to be a member of the CBAO. Uh, and this new we've revamped it. If you are an enthusiast before, you can look at it and see it is, I think, much more beneficial to the true beer lover. Just uh, first access to tickets to our events and then automatic upgrade to VIP status every time you buy a ticket to a CBAO event, which cool. is super cool. Yeah, discounts on merchandise, discounts on the craft beer trail, lots of value in there for those people who just really do love a good Oklahoma beer and want to have as many as possible. Yeah, how, how much does a membership, enthusiast membership cost? So they're $100 and you come to two oh, events, you've paid for that easy. So yeah, super yeah. excited about it. Should be great this year. Yeah, that's that's a no brainer with all of the value that it brings. Absolutely. So if yeah. you're if you're going to a brewery and you're not an enthusiast member of the CBAO, you're losing out, right? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've got a lot of great merchandise out there too. So you'll you'll get score on that when you come to our event. So um you get your own little membership number, you'd be super cool guy. Sweet. Yeah. So excited <laughs> about it. Yeah, we're excited. Well, thank you again. And uh Please, if you deem this podcast a wonderful thing that you love in your life, share it with a friend. Uh, find it on all of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. Um, rate it. Uh, subscribe to it. That's the only way that this keeps breathing. Um, and for me to have a wonderful outlet to talk to wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, selfishly, I love doing that. So... <laughs> If you still want to hear wonderful information about the brewing industry in a lot of different pockets, uh, I'm going to be bringing in a lot of different areas of the brewery industry that um, I see uh, a void of talked uh, subjects Yeah. Um, and uh, really dive into the nitty gritty within uh, 
uh, certain areas. So please find us, please rate us, please subscribe. Uh, and if you like it, high five a friend and tell, tell, tell them about it. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, next week, uh, I'll be by myself and telling you another story about my journeys in the brewing industry and probably about a specific style of beer. So yes. we'll see you next IPAs? week. This is my favorite. Uh, I don't think next week's IPAs. All right, I think I'll, I, I'll listen anyway. But okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs>